Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica, hey, everybody. And I'm recording this from my brand new office. It's <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. <laughs> I don't even know what to I do with it. myself not sitting at my kitchen counter, like telling my husband, get out. I'm recording right. episodes right now. <laughs> well, it's funny after Zooming with you for what, a year and a half now, it's like, oh, I get to look at a different background yeah. behind you. <laughs> it's not pretty yet. Sorry, Jessica. I'll make it look nicer <laughs> for you soon. I've got boxes still everywhere. It's okay. I hear you. <laughs> Um, we are super excited to dive into this episode of fitting it all in, no matter how long or short your class periods are. This is a question that we get asked all, all the, time. the time, at least four or five times a day. Someone posts this into our private members only Facebook group. My class is only 42 minutes. I don't know. How do I, how do I fit it all in? Or my class is 90 minutes long. What am I supposed to do with my students for that? <laughs> So we get this question hands down more than any other question we get asked. And so we were like, fine, we absolutely need to do a podcast episode on this because clearly there is a need for this topic. So we're super excited to dive into it. We are. And I think we have a lot to say in it because we've taught at different schools where we have had, you know, the 42 minute classes, the 75 minute classes, the 90 minute classes. And I feel like every year it kind of changes depending on the schedule. Mm -hmm. So We've got a lot of experience with making our curriculum fit. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. I just realized as you were saying that when I taught high school, my classes were 90 minutes, but it was a block mm -hmm. schedule. So it was 90 minutes every other day. So in theory, it was really 45 minutes for, you know what I mean? Like if you split, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I were to see my down. kids every day, my students every day, it would have been like that. So anyways, just interesting little side note. Um, cause that is interesting too. only seeing your students every other day. Like some weeks I mm -hmm. saw them twice. Some weeks I saw them three times and that was it. And it still worked, you know? So there are ways right. to do it. So if you're feeling, oh my gosh, I only have 42 minutes. There's no way I can cover everything. I challenge you to challenge yourself with that mindset because that's a limiting belief that you're putting on yourself. Cause it's simply not true. You absolutely can do it. And we're going to show you how yes. I'm excited about that. Me too. And I think it all starts with truly asking yourself what am I trying to fit in, in my ELA class period? Right. And do I need to fit that in? We sometimes feel so overwhelmed, right? I have to cover vocabulary. I have to cover grammar. I have to do my reading and my writing, all the different things. But if you truly start to look at what you need to cover, if you look at those standards for your grade level, you might start to realize, Oh, I actually don't need to teach that particular grammar concept or whatever I had planned. Maybe I don't need to fit it all in. I just need to be more strategic about what I am fitting in, in my class period. Yeah. And that's where the standards come into play. You know, the standards become oh, yeah. your North star. We talk about this all the time on the podcast in terms of mm -hmm. planning effectively. If you go back to our, I think our like May and June episodes, batch planning and using the standards as your guide, why are we teaching what we're teaching? What are we actually trying to fit in? You know, if you are teaching grammar for 30 minutes every single day, well, if you look at the standards, grammar is a really small piece of the language standard. If you still have reading for literature, reading informational text, all of those right. other anchor standards and substandards, you really want to think about why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but before we get into like tactical, strategic stuff that you can actually take away and implement, um, I would love to invite you to leave us a review on the podcast, just wherever you're listening, go ahead, let us know what you think. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would really mean a lot to us to have you leave us a review. Um, and that helps us get our podcast and message in front of more middle school ELA teachers, which we would really appreciate. So total side note, it would mean a lot to us. Thanks so much. If you do <laughs> leave a review. All right. So going with that, using the standards as our guide, really thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. 
we want to give you some actionable strategies or ideas for how you can truly structure your lessons. So we're going to walk you through kind of three different scenarios. Mm -hmm. Let's say your class period is 40, 42, 43, 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, whatever. This might be applicable to you. The first one, then the second one we'll look at is, you know, 60, 75 minute class periods or somewhere within that realm. And then lastly, we'll look at 90 minutes. I know some of our teachers even have like a hundred or 110 minutes every day. I love Um, that. I know. Right. So we'll look at kind (laughs) of what you can do for each of those different, um, time periods that you might have. But before we do, I do just want to tell you one thing. If you are a teacher that falls in any of those categories, you are not the only teacher who only has 43 minutes, or you are not the only teacher who has, oh my gosh, 90 minutes. What am I going to do? There are so many other teachers in your exact shoes. And it's just kind of taking a step back and looking at it like, Hey, this is what's been handed to me. What can I do to make the best of it? You know, and when we put that hat on and we walk into it with that attitude and that positive mindset, anything becomes possible for us and how we're going to structure and plan our class period. So I just urge you to kind of think of it that way, um, with just a little bit of a different perspective. Sometimes that's all it takes is a little perspective shift. And you're like, Oh, I can totally do this. I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think what you just said there, you said, you know, structure and plan your class period. That is key. We need to approach this saying, okay, I'm going to be strategic with every single minute I have available to me, especially in this first one that we're going to talk about, you know, that roughly 40, 45 minute class period, you don't have time to waste, right? So you need to have your game plan going into class. What is the first thing your students are going to do? What is that last thing they're going to do? How are they going to walk in the door, out the door, all of it. So you can get down to business. So we were talking about this earlier and we still believe that even if you only have 45 minutes with your students. It's crucial that those first few minutes students are doing some kind of bell work, whether it's a do now bell ringer, whatever you want to call it, but students are coming into your classroom and immediately getting down to work, doing some kind of academic activity that spiral reviews all the standards you have to cover, because we all know there's a lot of ELA standards. So we need to get down to business and get them reviewing throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Caitlin? Yeah, absolutely. That- and especially with our bell ringers that we use, and I'm going to give you guys a link to go grab them for free. We have, uh, I think three weeks that we have that you can mm-hmm. take a look at the way that we structure ours. But basically the way that we set ours up is it covers all of the common core standards for ELA. So, you know, your students are really getting use of those five minutes that you're having them yeah. spend on those bell ringers as opposed to, you know, I don't want to knock some other things, but like, if we just have them come in and there is a time and place for this, but we just have them come in and they're just writing freely, you know, free writing, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not really maximizing the use of that time. That's not to say that you can't do that some days, but if you're using those five minutes really strategically to help them review and master all of those standards that you need to cover throughout the year, um, our bell ringers are set up really well. So I just want to give you guys the link really fast before I forget what it is. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash free bell ringers, plural with an S at the end, um, you can get a look. I think I have our eighth grade version available, um, for free. So you can take a look at kind of how we structure that. So total side note, but I think that that's really helpful to see I think it's helpful how other well. teachers set them up, especially in the way that we, we strategically created ours. Um, yeah. so and yes. you have to remember too, if you have only those 45 minutes and you are doing bell ringers, maybe you aren't assessing and grading them every single day. In fact, I hope you aren't, you know, <laughs> quick review of them, move on, get into the meat of your lesson for the day. It's meant to be quick and reviewing. 
Yeah. And, you know, our bell ringers, let's say, are set up for five days a week. Maybe you do one day over the course of two days, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're able to to cut back on some of the class period time. But I think that that's so important because what I've heard some of our teachers say is by the time students sit down and are actually ready to go, I end up only having 34 minutes left in my class period. But if your students come in and it is a routine and every single day they are sitting down, they're taking out their bell ringers, they know exactly what day they're doing. They're going to sit down, they're going to get to work and boom, five minutes go by and you can say, put your bell ringers away. Let's go ahead and get started with class. And it's just a super seamless way to begin your class period. It's great for classroom management too. So, so what do you do ringers. after bell ringers, right? You've <laughs> What's got next? five minutes down. Like, that's got, great. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got about 35 minutes left. Well, that's not a ton of time. It's not like you can just divide that and do, okay, I'm going to do, you know, 15 minutes of writing and 15 minutes of reading. You're not going to really get in depth that way. So what we suggest you do is you pick, you know, two or three days of your week to focus more on the reading. And then the other days are focused more on the writing and that might fluctuate, right? Sometimes if I'm in the middle of a novel, we're going to be doing heavy reading for literature standards that we're covering. And I might have to push the writing to the side a little bit, and then it might switch the following week. That's okay to be flexible like that. But I just want to be mindful that the time I'm spending on my reading lesson or on my writing lesson is quality time. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be rushed to go through 15 minutes. And that's why we like to kind of divide up the week a little bit like that. And that's what we found works best for us. Yeah. So reading on certain days, writing on certain Mm -hmm. days, whatever day you choose, you know, you just want to stay as consistent as possible. Um, but also know that there might be flexibility, like Jessica was saying that you might have heavier reading weeks, heavier writing weeks, and that's totally okay. You know, that's absolutely acceptable. Um, the other thing is you might need to teach vocabulary. Well, how the heck are you going to fit vocabulary in too? Um, and so one of the things that we suggest with vocabulary is introducing, you know, five words at the beginning of the week, and you might spend 15 minutes doing that. So your students do your bell ringers. You're going to do 15 minutes for your five vocabulary words for that week. Um, and then you're just reviewing kind of, or what we've done and we teach is throughout the week, you're going to pick one word per day from your vocabulary list. And that's going to be the word that you focus on. You're using it. Your students are using it. You can even tell other teachers, Hey, this is our word for the day. Can you use it in your classroom? So students are really being exposed to that word on a consistent basis throughout um, that day. And then those five words throughout that week. Um, so that's vocabulary, right? It's not going to take a ton of time. We're not going to spend 20 minutes every single day on vocabulary or correcting our vocabulary books. Oh my gosh. I can't, oh, I can't even time speak into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you also have grammar, right? We also have grammar to teach. Well, how the mm-hmm. heck are we going to fit grammar in? And this is where that first question that we asked you at the beginning of the episode really comes into play. Why are we doing what we're doing? Where are our standards? How are they our North star? And I challenge you if you haven't yet. Hopefully you have, if you're an EB teacher, but if you haven't yet, you want to go look at the standards. And if you look at the common core state standards for ELA and you look at language, grammar is a very small, small percentage overall, so small. Super There's tiny. like two standards usually per grade level. It's crazy. Totally. And so you want to think about, okay, I maybe shouldn't be spending 15 minutes every day on grammar of my 45 minute class period, if grammar is like maybe 8% of the overall standards. And so we're going to break up our grammar time differently in that case. 
on Mondays when you're doing the bell ringer, introducing your vocabulary, or it's for 15 minutes. Well, those other 15 minutes, you might not want to start reading or writing because you only have 15 minutes, but 15 minutes is a great chunk of time to introduce a grammar concept, right? To do an into lesson or a through lesson or beyond lesson for grammar. We have a podcast coming out later this month, all about grammar that we're excited about as well. Um, so you might pick one or two days a week where you're going to do 15 minutes dedicated to grammar and that's it. That might even be too much. You know, you might do 15 minutes twice a week and then the next week, 15 minutes once a week. Um, so it's just really, and then you be consistent. You pick a plan for yourself, you pick a structure and how you're going to set mm -hmm. it up. And then that allows you to have at least some sort of framework that you're going to plug your lesson plans into when you sit down to batch plan. Do you have anything I love it. Well, I'm going to add that with the grammar instruction, right? Because you're tying in those bell ringers, that's your way to spiral review the grammar. So it's not like you're only doing grammar, those specific, you know, 15 minutes here or there. No, you're reviewing it in your bell work. So I just love that you're always coming back to the standards and that helps your students so much. Yeah. And I'm going to take it a little bit further. So if this is too much for mm -hmm. you, don't listen and don't overwhelm <laughs> yourself. But if you are writing, if you're a writing teacher and you have just taught commas in your grammar class, you are going to then tell your students when they're writing in your writing period, Hey, we're really going to focus on comma usage. Remember how we talked about using commas in a series. I want to make sure that you are able to use that properly in what you're writing. So we're taking grammar and what we teach and we're carrying it over into what we're doing with our, with our writing period too. So students can actually see it being applied to what they're doing. It's not this isolated concept that happens right. in a workbook that we never talk about again. So no, I'm so really glad powerful. you said that. Yeah. I don't think that's too much by any means. I actually think it's the opposite of like, if you're not doing that, you're missing out on a huge opportunity because mm -hmm. it's so easy to tie in grammar that way. Yeah. It's just yeah. natural and seamless. Yeah. And, and then if you have a plan like, oh, I'm teaching, um, I don't know, clauses first at the beginning of the year, then that's what I'm focusing on when my students yeah. are writing too. And it just makes it a lot. It, it's really like, you got to look at it. Like, okay, I have a framework. I, I have a, a structure that I'm going to do. Now it becomes easy, right? Now it becomes mm -hmm. fun. I get to plug in the lessons and the things that I get to do with my students. I really think having that perspective makes such a powerful um, shift for, for you. So that's totally. 45, 40 minutes. That's what we mm -hmm. suggest that you do. What if I have 60, 75 minutes? What should I do with my class period? How should I structure it? What do you think? Right. Well, then you could have a little bit more fun, a little bit more flexibility. So we still suggest start with your bell ringers, right? But maybe now, because you have a little bit of extra time, you can assess them one day a week or spend a bit more time reviewing them with your students. That's great, right? After your bell ringers, now you're moving into, again, the meat of your lesson. But this time, maybe you can divide your class period into part of it used for reading and then part of it used for writing. And if students are writing about what they read, it's a really natural transition within that hour or 75 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I did with my students at my most recent school. I had 75 minutes. They came in, they did their bell work. We moved into our literature for the day. And then we spent the last part of the class period writing about the literature, whether it was filling in an evidence tracker, working on a response to literature, whatever it was, or maybe we were moving into a new unit and we were doing, you know, persuasive writing. That was fine. I just tried to tie it into the literature. And then we'd like to bookmark our days, right? We started with the bell ringers. Well, how do we end our 60 minute class period? We always did silent, sustained reading, or I called it deer time in my classroom, drop everything and read. It was just a nice, calm way to end the day. Mm -hmm. But if you notice 
that period was filled with structure, right? It followed the same routine every single day. Although the concepts were different, my students knew what to expect. And that's how we were able to cover so much material because they had those expectations from day one. And I followed it consistently. That's how I was able to fit in my core, um, lessons you would say, right. And the same way I tied in grammar, like Caitlin said earlier, two days a week, I would cover my standards. There weren't that many for my fifth graders. And then we'd tie it into the writing that we were doing in class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And vocabulary stays the same, you know, same suggestion that we did with the 45 minute class periods. Um, so you're just able to kind of do gram, I'm sorry, reading and writing kind of on a daily basis, as Mm -hmm. opposed to switching or or doing twice a week for reading and twice a week for writing, et cetera. Um, I will say we didn't kind of mention this with the 45 minute class period with sustained silent reading of perhaps that's just on Fridays, you know, or on the Mondays that you have uh, bell ring or vocabulary grammar, and then you mm-hmm. end your class period with sustained silent reading, um, or you dedicate like one Friday a month, you know, in theory, it's better to have it happening every single day. You know, if you think about practicing any skill, if you do it on a daily sure. basis, it's way better than once a week. Um, but again, you have to pick your battles. You've got to do what you've got to do. That's the card you've been dealt and you want to make the most of it. Um, and that's our suggestion for that one. Um, okay. So that was 60 minutes, 75 mm-hmm. minutes ish. Let's say what about 90 minute class periods? Oh my gosh. I don't know what to do. It's way too long. I have too much right? time. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> it's a <lot> of dead time. <laughs> I actually think if we start looking at that as a blessing, we reframe our mindset about it, right? Because gosh, I would have loved to have 90 minutes with my students. I think the key here is that you are not looking at it as 90 minutes though. Mm-hmm. You are breaking that down into smaller components. So maybe bell ringers is your first 10 to 15 minutes, and then you're transitioning into your literature part of class. And that might be 30 to 40 minutes or whatever it is. And if you look at it that way, you're able to give your students a break, right? No one can sit there for 90 minutes, just working on something. They, they don't have the attention span for that. Neither do we, right? So if we break it down and chunk our activities, it's so much better. And it actually works out so well. Because if you do break it down that way and you do have grammar, let's say, well, you might be doing a grammar game for 15 minutes where students are highly engaged and they're moving around and it's hands-on. That's such a nice little brain break kind of for them, yet it's still academic, but then it allows them to finish strong with the rest of the class and their writing. Mm-hmm. Same thing though. We suggest you end with sustained silent reading. Yeah. And such a great way. I can't say that enough to end the class period. <laughs> I did, um, 90 minute class periods when I taught high school, right. Every other day that Mm -hmm. I saw my students and I always did halfway through and I put it on my board. They knew it was coming, you know, like I had my schedule on the board of what we were doing in class and I always did yoga. You know, I always took like five, 10 minute break with my students. We did yoga together. We went outside, you know, it just makes such a difference in their brain capacity and their willingness to be like present and learning, you know, I can't even sit for 90 minutes to watch a movie and I'm entertained during a movie the entire time. Well, in theory, you're entertained the entire time (laughs) during a movie. Um, and we just can't have those same expectations of our students. Um, so just keeping that in mind, like no matter what your class period is, we want to be looking at why we're doing what we're doing, using the standards as our North star, taking our suggestion for whatever your class period length is, if you'd like to, or coming up with your own kind of spin on it or, or structure, but you want to have that framework, that routine that once you set it in place, it becomes super easy to just start plugging your lesson plans. in. especially if you're an EB writing program member, or an EB teachers club member, it's so easy to take what we've given you and be like, okay, this is where this goes. This is where this goes. I just needed to be able to wrap my mind around what that framework is. And now hopefully 
you have it and we've given it to you. So do you have anything else that you want to wrap up with at the end? Or should I give them information about the other free resource that we have? Oh my gosh. Yes. You guys are going to want to get your hands on this. And I actually, I will throw in that what Caitlin's about to share. It's a great activity to try out with your new schedule this year, right? See how it works within that framework you're going to create for your class schedule. So yes, I'll let you take it away, (laughs) share what it is. Absolutely. Um, so we are all about engagement and rigor at EB academics, you know, in addition to our concept of be, do thrive that we talk about all the time, engagement and rigor is the heart of our lessons. Um, and what we really feel makes a successful, um, teacher in the classroom is having rigor and engagement in your lessons. Um, and so what we did is we've put together a free literary analysis escape room unit. It follows our concept of into through and beyond, you know, there's that into lesson that hooks students that engages them. There's a through lesson where they really get to practice, put their hands on, apply what they've learned. And then this uh, beyond lesson where you are actually able to assess students. So it's all about this haunted forest um, where students are trying to escape. Do you want to kind of paint the picture a little bit of it more than yeah, I, yeah. you're way better at, at giving a narrative of something <laughs> than I am? I can. Yes, it is. A, <clears throat> excuse me. A haunted forest theme. But basically students are reading, sorry, there's something in my throat. (laughs) Students are reading a short passage and using that to answer text dependent questions, right? They're used to doing that kind of activity, but this is presented in a really fun way as they're trying to escape this forest and solve all these tasks either independently or with a group. So they're answering questions about plot structure and literary elements. Maybe it's figurative language or it's character analysis, but it's all going back to the text that they read. And then at the end, they write a response to literature using the information from that text and all that they've organized. It is so much fun for students. You are reviewing key concepts of literature that you have to teach, right? We're saying standards are your North star. This resource you're hitting your standards guaranteed, Mm -hmm. but your students are having fun. And that's just as important because we want them to be engaged in class. We want them to want to continue doing these kind of activities. Yeah. And it comes in digital and print. So I know the school year, it might be looking different or we don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on. So we want to make sure that you have whatever you need. So it's digital and print. So if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash escape room, it's totally free. Again, ebacademics.com forward slash escape room. And if you are an EB teachers club member or an EB writing program member, it's already in your EB dashboard. Just go to your, my resource library, type in escape room, and it should pop right up and you will see it and you can start using it. And if you do, please share with us on social media. We'd love to see it in action with your students in your classroom. We are on Instagram at EB academics. So just tag us, you know, send us a direct message. We would love to check it out and see how it's going. So if this episode was helpful for you, please share it with another teacher. We know that this is a massive uh, question, a massive Mm -hmm. need that people need help with. And so we'd love for you to share this out with any of your colleagues who are perhaps facing the same struggles that you are. Um, So that being said, thank you so much, you guys, for joining us this week on the podcast. And we will see you next week. Jessica, what are we talking about next week? Oh, I have it in front of me. Hold on. We're talking. Oh, this is fun. It's about like that teacher at your school that just has it all together that everyone's like, oh, that's the teacher every student wants. So what qualities does that teacher have? Do you possess those yourself? So it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. All right, you guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everyone.